Good morning. Oh, quite loud. Um, good morning. Lovely to see you all here and uh, on Zoom. as Well, I can't see you, but hopefully you can see me on Zoom. Uh, just before I start um, properly, can I just underline <clears throat> uh, that what John said, we have a service here this evening, 7 o'clock. Uh, we call it, a, it's a monthly thing for praise and for prayer. And our theme this evening is guidance. I'll be talking a little bit personally about that, but if you've got a story of how God's guided you that you'd like to share for our encouragement, please bring that this evening. And as I say, we'll be spending some time in praise and worship. Can I also mention the Alpha course? Um, Again, we started it on Thursday, but if you couldn't make last Thursday, but you can join us from this Thursday, you will be very welcome. Talk to me or David, who was on the piano, or Penny, who's just prayed, and uh, you'd be very welcome this Thursday. It's an online course, so um, it's done via Zoom, and uh, we'd love to see you. If you want to know more about the Christian faith, um, if you're exploring it, if you've got questions, that's the perfect place. <clears throat> Sorry, a bit croaky. <clears throat> And finally, this term, we're, we're following a series looking at holiness based on a famous book by J.C. Ryle, a Victorian bishop, actually. It's, it's quite a challenging book, um, but I've got a couple of spare copies here, and you are welcome to one. Um, I think the cover price is something like £8, but uh, we'll do a special deal for you if you want one, or I might even give you one free. Um, So come and see me afterwards if you'd like one of those. But the topic today, it's chapter four in the book. I'm going to have a good cough, excuse me. I'm going to turn my microphone. It's probably annoying you. It hasn't helped. I'm going to still be croaky. There we are. I'm just going to plod on. Today's topic is conflict. Now, how do you feel, how are you with conflict? There are a few folks, you might know one or two, who seem to thrive on conflict, bless them. Uh, But most of us find it difficult, don't we? Most of us find it challenging and we tend to avoid conflict. And yet the Bible repeatedly teaches that conflict is an inevitable aspect of the Christian life. You might say of life in generally, but perhaps particularly the Christian life. Fight the good fight of faith, Paul writes to the timid Timothy. And perhaps the most famous example we have in the Bible comes in Ephesians chapter 6. Let me read you words that I'm sure will be familiar to many of you. Finally, Paul writes near the end of his letter, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, but on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle struggle, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Conflict is tough. 
What Churchill said at the start of the Second World War was true. I have nothing to offer but blood, toils, tears and sweat. That must have sounded grim, mustn't it? Especially because at the time there was no certainty that victory would ever come. But in our case, we do have that assurance. Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. We are in conflict, but the final outcome of this conflict is already assured because Jesus died and rose again, and therefore we know where the victory lies. But who's our conflict against? It's not, as we've just read, against flesh and blood. We can waste a lot of time and do a lot of damage if we fight the wrong things. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 10, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Our enemies, our real enemies, are not other people. They are not flesh and blood. No, our true enemies are often summed up in three words, which I'll expand a bit in turn. The flesh, the world, and the devil. We see all three of them in Ephesians chapter 2, where Paul writes, You were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. This world, the society around us. And of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, the devil. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Let me begin with the flesh, the enemy inside us, the one we are in conflict with who lives within us. Our bodies, don't misunderstand me, are good. They are fearfully and wonderfully made. But let's be honest, a lot of evil comes up from inside us for whatever reason. And it was great to hear John talking, wasn't it, about how his his story and how some the stuff that comes out of us, in a sense, is is also stuff that's gone inside us at some point. But Jesus said, remember Jesus' words in Mark 7, what comes out of people is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person, says Jesus. Jesus and the Bible generally does not encourage us to try to pin the blame for our selfishness and our laziness and our folly onto other people. We are responsible and we have to take responsibility for our sins and failings. Adam and Eve were tempted in the garden by a cunning serpent, but they were not excused. They were held responsible by God for their disobedience. But what God does offer us is forgiveness, is cleansing. He doesn't offer us excuses. God never offers us excuses. He offers us redemption. He offers us a new start. There's a massive difference between excuses and forgiveness. If we know in our heart that we've sinned, 
then trying to excuse ourselves doesn't do any good. In fact, I think it does a lot of harm. God knows that we need to be cleansed. We need to be healed. We need to be transformed. So what is to be done about the evil that comes from within? The answer, we seek forgiveness for the past. Forgiveness that God always grants. But going forward, we fight. We fight it. We're in a spiritual battle and we must stand and fight, not in our own strength, but with the help of the Holy Spirit. Paul writes in Romans 8, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Put to death. It's fighting talk. Or in Galatians 5, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. You are not to do whatever you want. What a countercultural statement in our day. You are to take captive, as we read earlier, every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You are, says Paul, to fight. It's a battle. Temptation is, by definition, tempting. We have to fight it. It has to be resisted. It has to be battled. It involves examining ourselves and our motivations. It means putting on the armour of God rather than leaving it in the cupboard. Are you in conflict with the passions which rage inside you? Or are you naively thinking you don't need to worry too much? Well done for winning one battle today. You're here. You're here with God's people, whether on Zoom or in person. You're hearing God's people to worship God, to turn your eyes upwards to him. You won the first battle of the week. But what battles are you facing from now on? Starting over coffee or when you go into your breakout rooms on Zoom? How's your speech going to be? Who are you going to choose to talk to? How are you going to choose to talk to them? Over lunch? This evening, when you're thinking, shall I go to the prayer meeting or shall I watch whatever's on telly? What about tomorrow when you go into your workplace? Be alert and put on the armour of God. I'm going to pause there and just give you a moment to reflect. What's the next battle you can see coming up? The battle with your flesh. The battle to do something that actually you know you shouldn't do, but actually you'd quite like to do, or you think you would. The thing, is about, the thing is about sin is it always disappoints us in the end. We think it looks attractive, and then, and then it make, just makes us miserable. But it's looking so attractive. Just think about that for a minute. What's looking attractive? And you need to fight it. Okay, the flesh... What about the world, the enemy around us, not inside us, but around about us? The world, the society, the reality we inhabit. The world has much in it which is good and beautiful. Of course it does. But much also which is corrupted by sin. And we are to fight. We are to fight the evil forces and powers and systems in our world, which, as we heard in our reading, are not mere flesh and blood, but are the outworking of the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
Historically, it's not hard to identify Nazism as an example of this. What is it, though, for us in our day? What about the networks of people traffickers? The corruption and deceit in places of authority that we've heard so much about. The nationalism and tribal hatred. The tendency to think we can oppress anyone because they're black or they're Jewish or they're gay or they're different from us. We need to fight all that. It's evil. Are we fighting it? Or are we just letting it happen? How do we begin, you might say? Well, I'll tell you where you can begin. You can begin at the prayer meeting tonight. That's where we begin the battle with the forces of evil in our world. To stand together. If you can't come tonight, find another time. To stand shoulder to shoulder with those who are fighting the battle against evil. We also need to be alert to the less obvious battlegrounds. You and I will enter this week when we open the Daily Mail. Or when you're going to the newsagent and deciding whether to buy the Daily Mail. I mean, why would you? I mean, I don't know. Or when you're clicking or scrolling on your social media apps or streaming your, your, or on your streaming channels, deciding how you're going to fill your mind. There's a battle going on. It's a battle you can choose to fight or not bother to fight. When we arrive each day at our college or workplace and decide what kind of people to be and how to speak about other people, Battles for hearts and minds against bad influences, against poor use of time. The battle against the attitudes of this world towards Christ and therefore towards us. The temptation to blend in, not to mention Jesus. The temptation to share our holidays or our pet photos, but not our faith. The temptation to mention the places we visited, but not to mention our encounters with God. The temptation, in short, never to put up a fight. What are the battles which you will face this week out there in the world on your front lines? Yes, that word front line, it's a military word, isn't it? It's a battling word. It's a place where we do battle. Not, not, in, not with the people on those front lines, but with the forces of evil that we encounter there. Battles which we can lose before we even begin if we're not aware of them. Are we consciously inviting the Holy Spirit into those battlegrounds? Or do we have the arrogance to think that we can fight alone? Let's pause again for a moment. You think of your front lines. Think of the people that you will meet there. Our, our fight is not with them. Our fight is with our attitudes towards them. The systems and injustices we will face. Finally, in last place, where it belongs, and briefly, all it deserves, let us consider the devil. Jesus himself described the devil as a liar and the father of lies. In Revelation, the devil is the one who accuses God's children. In fact, the name Satan means accuser. The apostle Peter warns us that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. And yet, the Apostle James encourages us that the devil, while strong, is not that strong. 
Resist the devil and he will flee from you, we are promised in James 4.7. I both do believe in the devil and I very much don't believe in the devil. Let me explain. I believe that the devil exists and is real and can do real damage. This week, as I said, we began our Alpha course. And you know, just as we were starting, literally just as we were starting, one of our hosts, a key person, suddenly had to take a family member to hospital. I believe in the devil. But I also don't believe in the devil. I believe the devil is nothing. I don't give the devil a capital D. Because although the devil, there is a personal aspect to the devil, the devil is less a person than anybody here. Our response to the devil is not to listen to it or pay it any attention or show him any interest. I think I've quoted before uh, a rather nice, well you might not think it's nice, but I think it's quite amusing, quote from Martin Luther. He, was, he could be quite fruity in his language. You'll like this. Almost every night when I wake up, the devil is there and wants to dispute with me. I instantly chase him away with a fart. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. But he's making a serious point. Don't get into a discussion with the devil. Remember what the Apostle Paul says. If God is for us, who can be against us? For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We do not fear the devil, but we fight him. Fighting the devil head on is perhaps not something to be encouraged. You certainly need support with that. But we are to resist the devil. We're to avoid the devil. We're to beware the devil and its schemes. What each of us, what this church needs, is not particularly less of the devil. It's more of Christ. It's more of his spirit in us. We're to spend our energy proclaiming Jesus, focusing on him, listening to him, leaving no room for the devil to get in. Because Jesus is filling us. His spirit is filling us. Amen. Amen. Remember that the devil's main tactic is to drive a wedge between us and Christ. To stop us keeping step with the spirit. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, what do I do? Upwards I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin. One with himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high. With Christ, my Saviour and my God. Or as we sang just now, what a powerful name it is. Are we frightened of the devil? No. But are we not bothering even to put up a fight with the devil? I hope not either. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Let's think back on those three areas of conflict we all face. Which is the key one for you? Which one are you avoiding? Or going into fight ill-equipped? Or even you might have to admit to yourself losing? Which ones are you by God's grace winning? Talk to God about that. Maybe talk to somebody else afterwards about it. Remember what Paul said at the end of his list of spiritual armor. Pray in the spirit on all, on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this alert in mind, be alert and always keep on praying 
for the Lord's people. Did you get that? Three times he said prayer. I know I bang on about prayer a lot, but prayer is, the, is our first line of defense in our spiritual battle. If we're not talking to God, if we're not in relationship with him, if we're not standing shoulder to shoulder with God's people in prayer, then what kind of a fight are we putting up? You may well be thinking, this is all very well, but I've tried to fight the flesh, the world and the devil, and I always seem to lose. And I'm not sure I've got the heart for the fight anymore. Friends, Jesus knows our weaknesses. Hear these comforting words from the first letter of John. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Friends, we will often lose in the daily skirmishes we face with our flesh, with the world, with the devil. But we have an advocate in heaven. We have one who will always forgive us when we turn to him. Hear these great words from the Puritan writer John Owen. I might here bewail, it's like the archaic language, I might here bewail the endless foolish labor of poor souls who being convinced of sin and not able to stand against the power of their convictions do set themselves by innumerable perplexing ways and duties to keep down sin but being strangers to the spirit of God all in vain. They combat without victory, have war without peace and are in slavery all their days. They spend their strength for that which is not bread and the labor for that which profiteth not. That is the saddest warfare that any poor creature can be engaged in. Owen was warning us about fighting without the Holy Spirit living in us. If we're seeking to do battle with sin and we don't know the power of God, we don't know the presence of God in our hearts, it's going to be drudgery. It's going to be a miserable fight, as he said. But friends, we do not fight alone. We fight with the help of the Holy Spirit. And we fight knowing that, though we often lose our daily battles with sin, the war is already won. Jesus has already defeated evil. So if we are in Christ, then we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Hear these words of President Theodore Roosevelt. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and sometimes comes up short, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who knew neither victory nor defeat." Tell he's a politician, can't you? But are we daring greatly? Or are we cold and timid souls who can't be bothered to fight? As Christians, we know the answer. And we have something better by far. Though fighting the good fight is hard, we are guaranteed blessing, joy, and victory. Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Let me lead us in a prayer. 
Lord, we acknowledge that you have called us to fight. You have called us to be engaged in a struggle, not with flesh and blood, but with forces of wickedness, within us and without us. But we thank you that you are with us. We thank you that we can have you living in our lives by your Holy Spirit, giving us strength and hope each day for the fight. Some of us are battle-weary. Some of us are wounded. But if we're standing in you, we thank you that all of us are victorious. All of us can say, when Satan tempts me to despair, upwards I look and see you there who made an end to all my sin. We thank you that the ultimate outcome of this battle is assured. But we know you call us to keep on fighting. Help us to fight this week with the strength you provide. Help us to put on the armour of God. Help us to keep in step with your spirit. Strengthen us, we pray, as your people. And for any here who do not yet know the joy of knowing you, who are struggling to fight wickedness in their own strength and constantly frustrated, Lord, we pray that they might come to know the beauty, the wonder, the peace, the blessing of having you in their lives. These things we ask in our Saviour's name. Amen. We're going to sing now our last song. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. <laughs>